Money. It affects our everyday life. But how do we make more of it? Manage it. And make sure we make the most of our money. Welcome to Money Mindful, a podcast to teach and support you as you learn to manage your money. Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to another episode of the Money Mindful Podcast. I am your host, Megan Jean Smith. I am a money mindset and life coach for women. I help you create the extraordinary life that you want to live on purpose. And speaking of that, one of the things that gets in the way of living the life we want to live on purpose is living in what we call the margins of our life. And if you have no idea what on earth I'm talking about, stay tuned because today I am really excited to have life coach and my personal friend as well, Anna Walner on the show to talk all about how to stop living in the margins of your life. So Anna, welcome. Hi, it's so great to be here. I know, I am so excited to be actually doing a podcast episode because for those of you listening, Anna and I speak regularly. She is a close peer of mine. She's also a life coach. I've been um, coached by Anna on many of occasions. She's an amazing life coach and friend. And I've wanted to have her on the podcast for a long time. And it's really exciting to to have you here with me to share you with everybody who listens. (laughs) It's amazing. I'm so excited. All right, so let's get straight into it. Do you want to introduce yourself, Anna, and tell us a little bit about what you do, and then we're going to get right into talking about live how to not live in the margins of your life? Yeah, for sure. Well, as you said, um, I'm a life coach, just like you, but I live in Sweden, really up north. <laughs> so now... In the beginning of 2021, winter is starting to come here. And what I do is that I help women just like you, but I am more focused on on women that have this urge to create more. I guess we're in the same, actually on the same playing field, both you and I, uh, as generalist sort of life coaches. Um, And yeah, that's what I do. I love it every day. And once again, I know I say this all the time when I have international guests, but it's so cool that we can talk to each other when you're across the other side, like literally the other side of the world in Sweden. And one of the funny things is because Anna and I, we both have kids that are similar age and sometimes we uh our kids talk and we show each other things in our home and I'll be sitting here in a singlet sweating in 35 degree heat and Anna will be in a beanie and gloves and a jacket saying oh yes we had some snow last night and this is our wood pile and oh we've got the fire on and I love it yeah it's craziness yeah it's one of the charms of having all of these international 
friends nowadays. It's wonderful. I love it. Yeah, me too. So let's talk about what's your take on putting yourself in the margin? Like let's get let's get a definition clear so we know what are we talking about when we say that you are living in the margin of your life? Well, this is actually a concept that I have been living myself um, for many, many years or my whole life, I think, until I actually got a coach. I haven't really been aware of it in the sense I am now, but it's basically catering for everybody else and sort of not allowing your own needs and prioritizing your own needs so you can function at a top level, so to speak, if that makes sense. And both you and I, we coach a lot of women. And even though we see this with women that are socialized as women, it's not only women that do it. We can for sure see a lot of men doing it as well. I have it in my family, uh, in my my mum and dad and my brother. We lived in like a little bit of an upside upside down world where my mum was the main breadwinner and my dad took care of us. And I've seen him doing this. He's like pushing his own needs out in the margin and catering for other people first. And if it's any time left for him, then he will take some time for himself. And I think this can spill over in every area of your life. So it's like feeling guilty about taking time to exercise, even though you know you feel good when you do it and you will actually get stronger and you will get more energy if you do it. But you don't prioritize it because you prioritize everybody else first. Or, I mean, if we talk about the subject of money, uh, I don't know if you have this, but I have had it, I mean, since childhood, I've had a huge issue with spending money on myself over a certain amount because I just got, I felt so guilty It's like, no, I shouldn't spend this on my own or on myself because I haven't done anything to sort of be worth spending this money just on me. But I have no problem spending money on everybody else. Not a problem whatsoever. So that's a little bit what I mean, that you you push yourself out a little bit to push everybody else in the center of your life. So your family, your kids, your friends, your job, everything else is prioritized before you. Right. That's a little bit like putting yourself out. And I don't think it's just, uh, like you said, it's not just women and it's certainly not just mothers, but I think mothers really represent in this area you know especially young especially women with new um what am I trying to say I just lost my train of thought that new babies like new young families it all Mm. becomes about looking after the little people and not looking after your own needs and what comes to mind when you were talking Anna was that 
ubiquitous, um, uh, what is it, like on the aeroplanes where it's always the mask analogy. Uh, I mean, ubiquitous, that's probably not the right word, but, you know, it's you've got to put your own mask on first before you put other people's masks, before you put your kids' masks on. And it's so true because if you don't, if you don't get the oxygen first, of course, how are you going to look after anyone else who's around you? That totally makes sense. But then in our own life, somehow it's, we forget that. Like we forget that if we don't look after ourselves, that everybody else suffers. Yeah, for sure. But I don't think we, when we're in it, we don't see it like that. We don't see it as something we need to do because we just sort of soldier on. And even though we feel depleted and we feel tired, we we just sort of sometimes almost take pride in catering for everybody else and not taking care of ourselves, which is so weird because if we take care of ourselves, everybody wins because then we will have more energy and we, we will be happier And then we can show up in a completely different way to take care of those we love. So there is no sort of, there is no boundary or sort of between these. It's not like if you take care of yourself, you won't take care of anyone else. And I think that is um, something we feel like we're doing, like, If we are taking time for ourselves, we are then taking time from someone else that we could sort of, we could use that time to take care of them. But that's not true. Yeah, it's not linear. It's like, no, it isn't. And one thing that that I think is very sort of, uh, I don't know if it's a good example, is like, well, both, both you and I, we have two kids. So when you have the first kid, you go like all the love that goes into this child. And when you're pregnant with your other child, your second child, you go like, this is so weird because how am I supposed to split this love on both these children? That will be completely impossible. But when the other one comes, you get just as much love. It's like, the the basin gets bigger the love basin gets bigger so you don't have to split it you just get more and it's a little bit like that when you actually take the time for yourself you get more energy that you can spread across to everybody else so it's actually a win-win but when we stand there in the sort of moment when we're going to take the time for ourselves it's like no, I should probably take this half an hour and clean the kids' bedrooms or whatever. Because in the moment, for many of us, it's very difficult to prioritise ourselves. Yeah, and I also think that it doesn't just show up with family in terms of you know the role of a mother and your children and your partner or what have you but also one of the things that I've actually been heavily influenced by you and we've spoken about this before is that you're very very good at 
putting yourself in the center of your life and not being in the margin. And I love that because of the way that you look after yourself and make sure that you are strong and fit and healthy, like a foundation, if you will. You know, it's like you make sure your foundation is always in order. And one of the things that I experienced was I felt like I was doing what I wanted to do. I mean, I'm very passionate about my business and I love business and learning about business and marketing and growing my business. That's something that is really exciting and fulfilling to me. But what I realized also is when I was not saying all in on my business isn't the right um, words to use here because I'm, I'd always be all in on my business, but what was happening is I was all in on my business, but not all in on my own life as well. My personal life, like my business started to encroach on my weekends. And then what I found was that with my business encroaching on my weekends, it was somehow diminishing actually what I was able to do in my business because I wasn't replenishing myself by doing the things that I want to do on the weekend, like knit and do a puzzle with my kids. Or, I mean, we usually always go bushwalking and that, that happens, but it's, it shows up in so many different facets of your life, I think. And it's different for everyone because of what's important to us. And um, even though my business is really important to me, it, it shows up for me in that area where my business takes over, if you will. Like I let it, but not in a good way, like where I need to actually set the boundaries where it's like, hang on, but my business isn't me. My business is a separate entity that I give love and attention and energy to, but also I need to give that same love and attention to myself and my own being that is the driver of the business. What do you think about that, Anna? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it doesn't matter what area you're in. So this example that you're using is that, yeah, so you put your your business in the center, but everything else about you, you sort of squished out in the margin. And it's it's not good in the long run. And I think that being aware of it is the first step to change. So sort of looking at what you're actually doing, and I mean, you were so aware of what you were doing, even though you didn't really stop it. You were like, okay, I can see that I'm doing this, that I am putting my business in the center and squeezing myself out. But you were also aware of the fact that you couldn't do it for a very long time because it wouldn't be sustainable. Yes. And that's the thing. I think that's why so many women have burnout because it's okay for a while. You can do it for a certain amount of time. And I coach a couple of women actually who have got young kids and they have the same issue show up for them in that way where it's they're all in on their kids, which is amazing and beautiful and totally not wrong, but they're not all in on themselves and what they need. And, you know, I've worked with these women about this, like going for a walk on the weekend is not 
going to be detrimental or negative to your relationship with your child. In fact, it's going to make it even more amazing because you're showing up as the mum who looks after themselves and you're showing up as modeling like this is how you look after your body and this is how you look after your mind and you take time for yourself to care for yourself and then from that place you're able to engage and do all the things that you want to do but from a much stronger foundation if we go back to what I was saying before about how you're very good at doing doing those things like getting up and exercising and and taking time for yourself. I mean, I know it's not just exercise. It's not just about exercise. But, yeah, it's about creating that solid foundation, I think. Yeah, and what I think is so interesting with the clients I have is that they realise, many of them, that this is exactly what they've been doing and they've sort of reached a point where they're, they're like, okay, seriously, I need to change because otherwise I'll break down. But they are not, well, they're aware of the fact that it will be super difficult for them to do it on their own. And I think those women that really see that, when they come across coaches like you and I, they go like, okay, so this might be the trick. This might be the solution for me to actually put myself back in the center. And only the action of actually paying a coach, I would say that that is the first step for many people uh, to actually take the decision to put themselves back in the center. It's like, I'm going to pay this person to help me. And just by doing that, it's like you've shifted a part of your mind like i'm in i'm in now this is serious okay so anna i think there'll be a lot of people who are listening who are thinking that's me this is totally me i do this i push myself out into the margins i'm living in the margin of my life so what can we do to keep ourselves in the center of our life yeah well The first thing, as I said, is to be aware of it, to be aware of what you're actually doing and also being aware of the fact that you are creating this life that you have by putting yourself out in the margin. Yes, yeah, yeah, that you're doing it. Awareness is always, yeah, awareness is always the first step. And also taking responsibility of that, that this is your responsibility. There is no one else who's responsible for your life. So you need to take responsibility of taking care of yourself. You you are responsible to put yourself back in the center. No one else can do that for you. Yeah, and, you know, I actually think that takes courage to do that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I think that's what our clients uh, really have. They have courage to sort of put their foot down and like, okay, this is it. I'm taking care of myself now. I'm getting myself a coach to be serious about my change in my life. And I think that's 
super and so impressive. Yeah, and but not even with having a coach. I mean, yeah, of course, get a coach, everyone. You know that we're totally pro having a coach around here. But but also just, you know, I'm thinking of the the people who are always putting other people first and then to actually stop doing that and making that tangible, those tangible changes where you're literally not putting someone else first, that can be, that can take courage because you're literally changing your life, like changing the way that you live your life and putting yourself first. And I'm cautious to say it's like, well, you're putting yourself first. It's like, you're just always doing things for yourself. No, that's not what I mean. And not that that's a bad thing either, that you're always doing things for yourself, but it's just a different energy. It's coming from a place where you respect yourself and and understand that you need to take care of yourself to be the best version of yourself that you can be. Yeah, for sure. But I think that one of the things that many of us do is that we think that when we put ourselves first within sort of whatever you call it. Quotation marks. Quotation marks. Thank you. uh, That we don't prioritize other people. But that's not true because when we prioritize ourselves, we will get more energy, like I talked about earlier, like you will get more energy. So by taking a little bit of time for yourself to do whatever you love doing, that will reboot your batteries and everything, you will be able to be there for other people more and probably better. So this time that you take for yourself will not only benefit you, it will benefit everybody else around you that you love and that you want to cater for. I think that's a mind shift you need to do because many uh, women and also men, of course, they are not in that mindset about like, okay, so if I invest in me, I also invest in my ability to help other people. 100%. And isn't that such a beautiful place to come from. I'm helping myself and through doing things that help myself, it benefits me and everyone around me, right? Like when you come from that place, it's completely uh, a shift of Mm. a mind shift, a total mind shift, because it's not coming from I feel guilty because I'm doing something for myself or I have to do something for myself because it's a reaction to not doing anything for yourself, not having any time for yourself, not taking care of yourself. And you get to this point where you're just like, effort, I'm going out with my girlfriends, deal with it. Or, you know, because we can take it to another extreme where it's like, well, I'm doing this for me. I'm going to go and spend all this money on me, or I'm going to go and spend all this time on myself. But it's coming from a reaction to Mm. not having that. But that's not the only way that you can get that fulfillment that so many of us are crying out for. You can do it from a place that is 
a beautiful place. It's in alignment with everyone around you and yourself. I'm doing this for myself to, to build my foundation and also benefit everyone around. Now, I know we talked off air, Anna, about what can the listeners do? We, we nutted out a few points. So do you want to go over that now? What can the listeners do to, yeah. to get in the centre of their life and stop living in the margin? Yeah, for sure. So the first step is, of course, beware of what you're doing and see that you're responsible. And then I would say the next practical step is actually to take some time and sit down and think about what you need and what you want. And also ask yourself why you think that would be beneficial for you. So take a cup of tea or whatever and just take a little moment and sit down and think about what would benefit your battery charge or whatever we talk about. How could you wind down? How could you um, take care of yourself? It can look so different. Um, I mean, you talk about me doing exercise and yes, I do, but I do a lot of different things to um, to sort of grow my energy and to grow my my foundation, as you talk about. Of course, because for what because for one person it'll be playing a video game, for another person yeah. it'll be knitting, for someone else it'll be going for a walk, for someone else it you know it'll be making sure they go out to dinner once a week with their girlfriend. I mean, it's. Yeah, that's a really valid point and I'm glad you brought that up that it really is going to be different. There's not one particular thing that uh, everyone can do that is the answer. No, and I also think it's so easy for us to sort of look at magazines or something and it says five ways to self-care and you look at the magazine and it's like, yeah, make a super nice bath for yourself or take a long walk in in the wood or whatever. And it's like these five things that the magazine is stating that would be self-care might not be self-care for you. So that's why I think it's so important to actually sit down and ask yourself and sort of look inward. Like, what do I need? Don't look to what everybody else is doing. I mean, the neighbor, she might be running for like an hour, uh, an hour a day. Maybe that's her thing. That doesn't mean that that needs to be your thing. So, yeah, definitely look, look inside and see what you really need and ask good questions. But then one thing that I also want to point out that I think is really, really, really good is that you need or you don't need to do anything, but don't overdo it in the beginning. If you're super unused to doing this for yourself, start small because your brain will have a complete fit when you start taking time for yourself. It will give you a million reasons why you shouldn't and that you're a bad person or whatever. I I know at least mine did. So don't try to like, do this massive plan in the beginning. Start small. See what you can do, like one little thing a day maybe, or I don't know, but think about how you can start. I think that's a really, really good key. 
And I think that makes it more accessible too, because if it's just something that's for five minutes and you can build on that, you know, if we use the example of exercise and don't worry, everyone, I don't think you should, I mean, exercise is great, but I know it's not everybody's go-to thing, but it might just be a five minute walk around the block that turns out over time that it's a one hour trek on the weekend that you do every weekend, but it doesn't have to be going from zero to 100 in, in the first step. Yeah. I, I really like that you brought that up. Yeah. And it, I mean, it's, it looks so different from every, I mean, for everybody that a small thing for someone can be five minute, uh, a five minute meditation. And for someone else, it, a small thing might be a 30 minute walk. I mean, There is no right or wrong. Just sort of ask yourself what you could do. It might be finally signing up to do online shopping instead of going to the supermarket. (laughs) Like it's going to show up. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) Sure. But then when you actually have this, like you, you, you sat down, you did the sort of need list or what you want to do you have thought about what you're going to start with, then you really need to plan when you're going to do it. And you need to set it as a priority. That is also one thing that I think is super important because our brains are so good in telling us that we can do it tomorrow. We don't have Mm. to do it now. And It is such a slippery slope when you start pushing things. So when you push things for to tomorrow, when tomorrow comes, it will then be easier for you to push it to the next day because you did push it the day before. So for every time you push it, you tell your brain that that's okay. And then you will start pushing it more. So be very careful. Prioritize and do those small things. Yeah, because you make the habit of not doing it instead of making the habit of doing it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, anything else? Yeah, well, also, like we talked in the beginning, like really sink into the belief that this is super important and that by doing these things that you set yourself up to do, you will actually function better and you will be able to be there for those you love in a better and bigger way. So that belief, I think, is super important to adopt because otherwise you will be running like against the wind. It will be very, very difficult. Yeah, and I think you and I have both had, we can speak from experience because, I mean, I I mean, you've just already talked that you've been through it, but I know for myself that I've definitely experienced both sides where I've pushed myself out and, yes, in the short term I get certain results, but in the long term it's totally not sustainable and I find myself that's when the that's when the ugly comes out, you know, when I get irritated and annoyed with people when I know I'm not looking after myself properly and that's a sure sign. But I've also experienced when I do look after myself and how that just makes such a difference to 
my well-being, my productivity at work. Like I get so much. This is the thing that just still blows my mind is that I get more work done when I work less. Like how does that work? work my brain yeah I know it's mind-blowing yeah still just wants to go hang on that's that's wrong you've got to work harder you've got to work longer but it's not the case when you actually look after yourself and fuel yourself you have that energy and the ability to be able to actually focus when you're at work instead of dreaming about all the things the other things that you want to do that you don't get to do when you actually do those things, you don't need to be dreaming about it and trying to avoid work. You can just be at work doing your work thing. And then when you're not at work, you can be doing the other things that you really want to do. Yeah. Okay. Should yeah, we re- sure. Should we recap? Is that all the points or are we missing anything? Did you want no, to add that's, anything? That's all the points. Okay. So we so first of all, we need to realize that we're the ones responsible for taking care of ourselves and that nobody else is responsible for us. And even even that even means if we've got little kids, like we're still responsible for making the time to care for ourselves. The next point you mentioned was sit down and write down what you want to do. There's power in putting pen to paper and actually getting those words down and writing it out, what is important for you and and what are the things that are going to fuel you. Then you covered pointing out why. Why is it important to you? Because having a reason for doing that, that's what will enable you to be able to access taking care of yourself more easily, I think, because you you actually have the reason to do it. Like Mm. you know why you're doing it. You're not just having a random bubble bath because that's apparently what you should do to take care of yourself. You know, you're doing, (laughs) you're organizing the online shopping like a boss because that's important to you. You don't want to spend two hours at the supermarket. Oh, can I just say side note? I know I'm totally getting distracted here, but I had a moment the other day where I was at the supermarket and I was with my two girls just picking up a couple of things. And there was another woman there with not one, not two, not three, not four, but five children with her and a baby in a baby carrier doing the full shop. Her trolley was absolutely chock-a-block, wrangling all the kids, doing the shopping. And I stopped her and just said, respect. (laughs) Like you're doing an amazing <laughs> job because I was just sort of there with my two kids thinking, oh, yeah, you know, this is so much easier when I'm alone. And then she was there just like a boss cruising around, organising. And then I saw her after the shopping ordering sushi for everyone and I was like, she's amazing. Um, anyway, I digress. Let's get back to it. <laughs> I just had to add that in. because That's amazing. Well, I think so often that women don't get acknowledged in that way, but for me, she is incredible. Like I bow down to women like that. I just think what a legend, you know, but it's like you don't often hear people talking about women in that way, but that's a real achievement. I'm sure there's plenty of people out there who don't have children or who aren't the primary caregivers who the idea of taking a small child and five kids to the supermarket would be, uh, they would, they'd be incapable of doing it. 
don't you think? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I also think it's so funny when you when you talk about that, you're like, okay, that is, I mean, I would take two, maybe three kids, that would be fine, stretching it, but probably okay. She's doing five and a baby. That's amazing. Can you um, even imagine a dad doing that? If you saw that, I'm not saying that dads can't do it. Absolutely not. But how would you react if there would have been a man instead in, in her shoes? Yeah, well, I would be equally amazed. And that's, and isn't it interesting that at the start of the episode that you were saying, hey, your family life when you were a child was like upside down because your dad was the primary caregiver? Even just that language, like saying that it's like that's not normal, uh, that it's the man who does it. But anyway, we're getting totally distracted here, but I think yeah, relevant completely. relevant points. But so the next thing was that you said, um, point number four, after why is it important, is to start small. So yeah. maybe just leave two of the kids behind and take <laughs> take four kids with you shopping and <laughs> ease into or it. Or just stay home and do it online. Yeah, but I think this is not to be overlooked this point because I've noticed this a lot with working with people is that if it's only five minutes, it's not good enough. This is what I hear, right? Well, if I'm only going to exercise for five minutes, why bother? And yeah, because that's five minutes that you wouldn't have done, right? And it and it makes it different and it's about creating those neural pathways in your brain that you are the person who sits down and reads for five minutes before they go to bed or you are the person who has a cup of tea in the morning on their own before the children get up. Whatever it is, but five minutes is enough, right? You don't have to do an hour of something. You can take little snippets of time wherever they're available to you or wherever you want them. And I'm not just talking about time either. It's it's about the the quantity or of what you're doing. It doesn't have to be related to time. But yes, it's okay to start small. One minute is okay. 30 seconds is okay. Like wherever you're at, just start there. It's there's no rules here. No, there's no rule book for this. We're just giving you pointers that we think will help, but you just get to do it however the fuck you want, right? You're allowed to do it, do that. And the next point you said, the final two points was plan and do it as a priority. And then the final point was just really sinking into the belief that this is important because if you don't function, you won't be able to be there for anyone else either. And obviously, if you are living in the in the margin, there is something that you are prioritizing that you're saying that's more important than me. And so we understand that you have things that you think that are important, but also you're important too. Well, where do we go from here? These are if somebody implements these things, I think this is this is the pathway. I mean, how did you shift, Anna, in the first place? How did you make that shift? Well, it was actually, I think I did the real shift. I mean, I've been trying to shift for two years. 
But the real shift, I think, came about six months ago. I think that's when I actually started to believe in my time being important. Because before I was telling myself, it's important to take care of yourself because then you will get stronger and and be able to take care of others. But my brain went like, yeah, no, (laughs) we don't believe that. That's not true because you have been there for everybody else for 40 years and that's been working fine. But when I started to actually question that, I'm like, has it actually been working fine? I came to the conclusion that no, it hasn't. Because I was grumpy. I was reactive. I was, um, I was a complete modder. Oh, my Lord, bejeebus. I was huffing and puffing and everything. I mean, when I did things for everybody else, which I did, it was always with this sort of twinge of like, yeah, of course I'm going to do this because I'm a mother now. So that's expected of me. Oh, when I look back at it, I'm just like, oh, how could I even I stand myself? It's incredible. But after a while, when I actually went through all the coaching and everything, I landed in the belief that it is truly important because when I take care of myself, I am calm. I am happy. I'm at ease. And that's how I want to be when I take care of my kids and when I'm there for my family and everything. So the the feeling where you're coming from is completely different. And it's so important. I mean, even cleaning, it's this sort of rocked my world big time. And you might laugh because... You know, when you pick up after the kids, before I was like, yeah, it's always me doing it. It's always me doing it. Nobody else cares. And with nobody else, I mean my husband. And I was huffing and I was puffing and it was just like, oh. And now when my my sort of energy and my thoughts have shifted and I come from a completely different feeling, I'm like, I don't care. I don't care if if I want to pick up after the kids, I do it because I want to do it. I have no problem picking up after the kids. I even enjoy it. I pick up up after my, my husband as well, but there is no drama. And so even cleaning has become a way for me to actually put myself in the center. I'm like, I am doing this because I love the result. I don't really care if anybody else cares. It's like arranging the cushions in my sofa. I know nobody else cares. But I care and I do it for me and I love doing it. But before my old self, I was a little bit like, why doesn't Andreas fix the cushions in the sofa? He knows I want them this way. Yeah, because he doesn't care. That's why he doesn't do it. And it's much more difficult for me to sort of teach him to do it the way I want it than to do it myself. So it's like, seriously. And it's like all this mind drama that creates these 
tearing feelings that are just taking all my energy and by shifting and by taking care of myself in all of these different areas like you, you we say running and we say knitting a lot now i've i've mentioned cleaning it doesn't matter what it is but when i look at it as something i do for me because i want to it's a whole different game yes and you don't need anybody else to be into it or approve of it and i feel very much like that with money like when we first started investing in properties that was all me that was my drive but i just got to a point where i it's not like i don't care whether you're into this or not not it's not like that kind of energy uh but it was more from this place of this is actually something that's really important to me and I'm going to do it no matter what because I care about it and I want to do it. And it's so interesting that when you actually really commit to the things that you want to do, whatever that is, people around you come into line in some respect. I mean, I'm not saying that uh it's funny now because I have conversations with Louis now about investing and he's just all for it (laughs) there's no there's no resistance there's no nothing but in the beginning it was really my thing but now because I'm the one who does it it just it's fine and everybody now just accepts oh yeah Megan is into investing in money and that's what she does and that's and that's fine and I think it's the same with other things in your life like when you you start cleaning the house because it's important to you and before you know it some your partner's there getting the vacuum out (laughs) and you haven't asked them (laughs) oh it sounds like like I'm the only one cleaning but that's definitely not true but it's I now enjoy it which for me is a complete difference so that's why I bring it up all the time. But it is amazing. And it's so worth it to really dig into this because the energy win is massive. Massive. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking from experience, I totally agree. So just wrapping up, Anna, we've, I mean, I see looking after my money as a form of self-care very much, but we haven't touched on money a lot in this as in this episode, but it's very much it's very much a part of my self-care in terms of something that is important to me and that I I do as part of my foundation. I see that very much as I, having my money in order is something that's important to me. And so that's why I do it. Um But just on the topic of money, I usually, sometimes I forget, but I usually ask my guests if there's something that you're willing to share about what you do with money. And perhaps if you have something that relates to self-care, I'm not sure, but anything that you do that the listeners might benefit from that you would like to share with them? Yeah, for sure. Well, when it comes to putting yourself out on the margin, I am much more comfortable now to spend money on myself on things that that I really need. And I don't look at it as being a luxury anymore. Yes. I look at it as something that I actually need. But 
one thing that I also do in relationship or in relation to to money is that I actually use a budget tool, which I think puts both me and my money in the center. And I am uh, I'm a former bookkeeper. So uh, I, jo- I don't enjoy bookkeeping, but <laughs> I, knew, I know how to do it. But this budget tool has helped me so much and it's taken out so much drama out of my life. So, so that's really good. But talking about books, one of the things that I love doing, that I re- just started doing actually this autumn, is I've left my company my, my two companies that I have and run, I have left the bookkeeping to someone else. And that is a huge win for me. <laughs> Amazing. Is, I love it. Yeah, but it's also a little bit of, of putting yourself out in the margin because I have thought like uh, I should do it myself because I know how. And that's that has sort of been the reason for me doing it. And now I was like, no. It takes time from what I want to do with my clients and my life. I will just have someone else do it. So yes. that was a very grown-up decision for me. <laughs> oh, I love that so much. And I actually just had a conversation this morning with one of my clients about it just came up incidentally and they were saying, yeah, that they struggled through the first couple of years of their business doing the bookkeeping themselves, trying to work it out, then spending days fixing the mistakes that they'd made that if they'd just got a bookkeeper in the first place. And I see that as putting your business at, I mean, if you think of your business as an an entity, I think that is putting your business at the center as well by doing things like when talking about like a separate thing, not, um, in relation to yourself, but when your business has the accounting done right, then the business is left to be able to do the business things because the accounting is taken care of. Yeah. I love that. And which budget tool do you use, Anna? Because I'll put it in the show notes. I use an American tool called You Need a Budget, also referred to as uh, YNAB. Yeah. Okay. You're not the first person who's mentioned that. I've actually checked it out, but yes, it is American. So not as applicable for us in Australia. Still, still we can use it. It's not like we can't well, use I it. Well, I use it. I'm in Sweden. Yeah. <laughs> true. True. But I think when I went in and had a look at it, I couldn't integrate my accounts with it. No, it, you have to put in every everything manually, but yeah. that's not a problem for me. Yeah. Whereas I think when you're in America and we have American listeners, so this is relevant um, relevant to them, is that you you can have it all hooked up and linked to your accounts, so you don't even yeah. need to do that. It it gets put in. Okay, amazing. I love this topic. I just think more women need to be taking more care of themselves and living in the center of their lives, putting themselves front and center, and. Who did you, was this something that you, did somebody teach you this concept, like this concept of putting yourself, stopping living in Yeah, it's good that you mentioned that because, I mean, the concept I've been aware of and been coached on, on several occasions, uh, as I mentioned, 
but it was actually a coach of mine that actually put it in the term of putting yourself out in the margin. And her name is Norma Fran. She's absolutely fantastic. She's a great, great coach. Uh, and she's American for those American listeners. Maybe you can put her show notes in. Yeah, absolutely. Of course. I know Norma. I love Norma. We'll definitely put her in. And I know that she's a great coach as well. So, okay. So that came from Norma. Right. All right. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, shout out to Norma if you're listening. Um, And we'll make sure we, we put a link to you in the show notes too. She is a weight loss coach, right? She coaches on weight loss. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Well, where can we find you? Well, me, you can find me at, uh, on Instagram and Facebook, you, uh, use the, um, what do you call it? the handle? The handle. Anna yeah. Wollner. Yeah. Anna Wollner life coach. And if you want to go up on my website, it's Anna Wollner dot S E or dot. I think it's also dot com. I think I own both. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'll put it in the show notes. Don't worry. And for those who are listening in Sweden, because I know that there's some of you out there, which is so exciting, not many, but I know there are um, Swedish listeners, which is so fun. And in Norway and Finland just recently too. So that's, that's really fun. Nordic countries are coming. I know, I know. A lot of different countries in Europe. It kind of actually blows my mind how global this podcast is. I mean, I mean, it's particular countries, it's not huge numbers, but there are people and hello, I'm just going to say hi, India, hi, Malaysia. You know, there's just all <laughs> these people out there in these places that it's like, how did you even find the show? I love it. Amazing. Anyway, I digress. The, what I was going to say is that if you're in Sweden, what is super amazing is that if you work with Anna, Anna actually coaches in Swedish and in English, which is a rare thing, I think, because there's a lot of life coaches, we just coach in English. But it's available to you in Sweden in Swedish. I thought I'd mention that because I think that's a really, that's an important point. Yeah, for sure. But I do speak English, as you might have noticed. So if you want to work with me and you live (laughs) elsewhere... Or this is your your mother tongue. That's fine too. I do have clients that are English speakers. Yes, of course. I think we're all pretty aware that you speak English. Well, Anna, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. It's not only a pleasure having you here because you're someone that I admire and respect and you have so much great knowledge to share with the Money Mindful listeners. You're also a really special friend and it's just so fun to be able to do a podcast with somebody who is one of my special friends. So thank you. Thank you. It was absolutely delightful. Well, there you have it. Anna Walnut, she is full of all the good stuff. And if you are looking for a life coach to help you, like she works with women who feel like they they want more, they need more, absolutely you should check her out. And I will make sure I put links to everywhere that you can get access to the wonderfulness that is Anna. As always, if you want to stay in touch outside of the podcast, 
subscribe to my email list. You can follow me on Instagram. It's at Money Mindful. Same on Facebook. Until we meet again next week, have a beautiful week. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Money Mindful podcast. For more info, visit moneymindful.com.au. For future episodes, be sure to subscribe. And remember, the information in this podcast is of a general nature only and does not take into account your personal circumstances or goals. Please seek professional advice for your own financial needs. Remember to have fun along the way.